0: Hello and welcome to
1: the Sports Technology Podcast. In this episode, Mike speaks with Kin Lowe from the MIT Sloan School of Business, but we ask him about his time as the head of R&D for the PGA Tour. We talk about Shotlink, the system used to collect and present all kinds of statistics for research from the media during the tour. Kin shares his thoughts on technology and golf and the benefits of working in the sports industry. Remember to check out our website, sportstechnologypodcast.com, and follow us on Twitter at SportsTechPod. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Technology Podcast. My name is Mike, and with me from Boston is Kim Lowe. He's currently in the Sloan Fellows Program at uh, the Sloan School at MIT, but he was also the former head of R&D at the PGA Tour. So, Kim, welcome to the podcast. Why don't we just start by talking a bit about your background and how you ended up with the PGA Tour.
0: Sure. So, yeah, my background kind of eclectic. I've worked in a bunch of different industries. Right after undergrad, I um was in the Marine Corps for four years and got, was stationed in San Diego. And right after I left the Marine Corps, I joined a the startup there. You know, it was right in 99, 2000, uh, sort of the 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 height of the Internet period. So I kind of went through that boom and bust phase. Fortunately, the company I was working for sort of persevered through that. So that was a great experience. Went on to did some consulting with Booz Allen. had a little startup after that on my own kind of web development and marketing and then was able to sell that company. I was looking for something interesting and a passion for sports and a passion for golf and this position in the new media group at the PGA Tour doing some analytics for their website but also around the performance of so the players opened up and things worked, up, worked out and I ended up in Jacksonville, started off again in their new media group, sort of their website and digital, digital media platforms and then moved on to run the um, R&D department which was in our corporate marketing group. So I did all the media analysis. Uh, around sponsorship and business development marketing activities for the tour's major corporate sponsors.
1: And you also were, that was kind of around the time that Shotlink came out, right? Uh,
0: Shotlink was a little bit earlier. I think okay. Shotlink, if I recall, was kind of in the late 90s, early 2000s is when it was first being developed. And then 2003 was sort of the first year that they had a full full season of of, um, of, of Shotlink result or, you know, scoring and statistics using Shotlink. Um, and that's so why I joined in 2007. Um, so so it had been a few years since Shotlink had been, been implemented. But still, you know, super interesting system and, um, you know, continually developing and, and improving, you know, over time for the tour.
1: Okay, can you just maybe talk a little bit about how golf has kind of taken in technology and maybe even from the media side some of the stuff that you worked on how has that changed over the recent history of the game
0: i think the really interesting thing about golf is that nothing really changed for a really long time there were some sort of incremental improvements but you know from the time of the the pga tour when founding you know so the pga tour and the pga of america were originally the same organization the pga of america is the Sort of like the um, the they golf develop, golf promotion and development and sort of the business of golf course management in in the U S. So there's three main bodies. One is the PGA of America. There's the USGA and then the PGA Tour. So PGA of America sort of helps people get into the business of golf course management and instruction. The USGA is sort of like the the rules. The bodies for competition and and um, <clears throat> that kind of stuff, and then the PGA Tour, of course, is the professional golf league in the in the US. So, the, but the PGA and the PGA Tour used to be the same organization. They broke off from each other in the late sixties, sixty eight or sixty nine, I believe. And so, from from basically from that period until ShotLink, you know, so say let's say nineteen seventy to two thousand, so three decades. They there was very there wasn't really any significant change or disruptive change with the way that the game was scored competition was managed and then statistics were kept and you know it basically started with you know people walking around with these groups and keeping little notes and check marks of what you know both of scoring and then you know just some basic stats i think there were six basic stats that they kept and they would kind of turn them in at the end of the round or at the end of the hole and so in that thirty-year period, they got better and better at making that process more efficient. But it was still still the same basic methodology in the way that they did scoring and stats. And then so ShotLink sort of was changed the whole equation. Made a whole. I think there's five hundred plus stats that are kept. A lot of it is done through sort of GPS and laser-based triangulation. Um, you, you know of the during during the 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 play of a round, so all that information it sort of opened up this whole new window for analytics and stats, but also real time scoring. So all of that, the stats on the scoring could get pushed out, you know, on the course on scoreboards, and can push, get pushed out directly to the media, uh, whether it be TV, internet, you know, radio, etc. So and it, it's really become an integral part of the way that people consume the sport as fans and also sort of report and interpret it on the on the media side so was that the initial kind of focus for
1: for the pga tour bringing that out was to enhance that in the media and the fans and and not so much maybe using the stats for coaching or player improvement
0: yes that's interesting so at the outset of it i I think there was you're right i think that the the it was Predicated on just sort of, they realized that they needed a better, more sophisticated system for scoring. Predominantly, you know, so there could be real time scoring; it was accurate, and also that they're, you know, they could keep records of, you know, uh, of tournaments and how people people scored through the tournaments. And then, you know, sort of maybe as a as a, a bit subordinate to that would be this keeping additional statistics about gameplay, et cetera, especially seeing advances in other sports like baseball, football, basketball. But there was at that time there was a thought that there would be a lot of uptake with players, you know, professional players in terms of using their stats for, like you're saying, coaching or game improvement, et cetera. But there wasn't as much adoption um, as it turned out in that category. And does I that
1: think, go back to kind of the history of the game, like kind of uh, more traditional sense, or is, or is yeah. there some other reason?
0: I think so you know and I think this is this is kind of anecdotal people will have different opinions but you know some of the feedback that we got was you know the players at when they're playing at that level they're so good that and it, you know it is really they know they know what they're doing well and especially golf it's a lot about feel and you know technique and feel but necessarily knowing their statistics you know are you hitting greens what's your you know how are you getting up and down they're good indicators of maybe what things you need to work on but in terms of actual you know contributing to a coaching plan or something you might work on technically there wasn't as much of a translation in, in in that area so um you know recently just sort of in the last couple of years the an, a, an enhancement to shot link has been um their radar stats. so on a couple of t-boxes for every tournament they're taking radar based stats that measure things like swing speed spin rate you know carry distance roll distance etc um you know actually using a radar that sits behind the tee and measures the the ball flight. So we know that a lot of players use that system whether independent whether they set that system up for themselves on the range or using some of the data for that to sort of help them with their own games. So when you guys kind of have all these new stats and
1: things like that and you go to some of the media outlets, CBS, yeah. and NBC, who's ever covering it. How does it work? Like, do they kind of decide what metrics they want to really cover, or do you guys help them along in, in kind of designing? Oh, this will make the make the game much more interesting from for the viewer at home.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a partnership. I think you know the the media outlets. They you know they have a lot of very talented people who are looking at, at different things. But um, you know the PJ Tour. At, Every um, you know, specifically with television, which is our biggest channel for for distribution, we have somebody with working with the production teams in the trucks on site to you know specifically dedicated to um, helping in, you know. Pull different statistical information and package it up in a way that helps tell the story, uh, or provide some interesting insights into what's going on in a particular round or season, etc. So, yeah, I think that the shotling system is definitely it's it's used heavily. And it, what's amazing too is you know if you watch a broadcast, you know, sort of very sort of the interesting things that bubble up, you know, and make it into the bro- the broadcast, like anything else. You know those those little nuggets of information have taken you know there 's been a lot of analysis that have gone into those, as well as you sort of many others that have ended up sort of on the cutting room floor that just sort of never made it up into the the broadcasts um, but you know so there's much more sort of analysis and a processing of that information that ne- then, then you sort of makes it into the actual um production got it and is television still your primary audience like i, I there are fans at the at the
1: courses and stuff but is it really yeah. the driven by television it is
0: yep is by far sort of the, the the biggest audience, as well as the you know the the majority of the the tour's revenue comes from its rights fees that it negotiates with the networks. And you know, I mean, like everything else, though, you see these different media channels converging with between digital and television, and you know, and even print. So I think, you know, right now there still is some distinction between sort of television rights, new media rights, and sort of the print distribution channels. But I think, you know, that's going to, in the next three, five, ten years, that, you know, we're going to see that look remarkably different. So
1: maybe kind of along the same lines of talking sort of about sponsorship, but some of the data that you guys generate and this new information that you have do, like, say, a company like Titleist or Callaway, when... They see the biggest drivers on on tour with some of your data. Is that something that they use as well to kind of pick out the players that they want to sponsor or kind of target for their marketing?
0: Yeah, definitely. And and I think that um, you know I think that you know that that varies by equipment manufacturer. But yeah, the ShotLink data is valuable to them. And I believe you know there's actually a group out of Sloan that was doing some work with Titleist using the ShotLink's data to help. Um, for, you know, that specific need is to help them identify, you know, players that they might want to sponsor or partner with. So what do you think is the future? Where is this all going? You said kind of the the new media where everything is kind of
1: connected. You have a handheld device and, and things like yeah. that. But where what are some of the trends going on?
0: Oh, that's a great question. Well, you know, I think sort of like I was leaning to earlier. You're, you're going to see a lot of convergence of these different platforms. And you know, I think not only sort of in the way that you consume them, but the media themselves, you know, so what you would say view online and what you would view on television may start to look more and more similar with, you know, graphical overlays or, you know, you're start seeing more more video and integrated media online. And, yeah, I think you're going to start seeing more digital integration, you know, when you're watching, you know, via, via, Television, you know, so those experiences, while they're pretty different now, I think um, from a from a fan consumer standpoint, they're going to become more and more similar, and rich, and integrated, and you know, just more information and more interactive. So, you know, I think that's going to be the the you know a major a major change. And I also think as more, you know, I think Shotlink is still and Shotlink and the the Shotlink data is still kind of nascent in terms of its. Um, uh, you know, it hasn't been around as long as, as baseball and football. And so I think people are just sort of starting. Analytics is sort of creeping into golf in the way that it has in other sports. So I think. You know hopefully we'll see sort of more sophistication around the way that you know golf is watched and how performance is measured and you know that that those kinds of things we see new statistics come up that can help tell a better story of who's performing well or who might win a tournament you know kind of predictive predictive kind of stats so i think it's a it's an exciting it's an exciting area. So do you see
1: any of this? We've kind of talked about really the high level, the elite lower golfers. Does this, any of this kind of filter down to maybe your, your weekend warrior or someone who's just kind of doing it,
0: doing it as a fun activity? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think, you know, one of the, one of the unique things and really cool things about golf is that so many people play it, and so many people who are fans of golf, you know, also participate in the sport, which is unique. You know, you don't see, you know, a ton of people out there playing football on the weekends. So uh, I think one, it's fun to. To as a as a recreational golfer, kind of set a benchmark, uh, you know, sort of what how players are performing on the PGA Tour, and looking at those same kind of stats in your own game and seeing how you compare and where you might want to improve, et cetera. It's also fun to you know to compare yourselves in a way that it really like highlights how. Talented and good, the, the professional players are, you know, compared to your average, average recreational golf. So,
1: if you were to kind of give a piece of advice to someone who wants to
0: kind of get into this industry, what would you say to them? You know, I think it's interesting. There's a lot of different facets to the sports industry, and I think maybe my takeaway is that, um, well, I, I think a couple of things. One is that you know, maybe. maybe this is obvious, but, you know, sports for the most part, especially at the league level is, you know, basically in media and entertainment business. So it's in the same. So if you're thinking about sort of what kind of industries or, you know, spaces you're interested in, like I would put sports sort of in the same category as if you're interested in going and working for a publication or, you know, a media outlet or something like that. It's very similar dynamics. It's kind of in a niche niche area, but it's a, you know, it's a media and entertainment, um, it's in the media and entertainment category. Um, And then, you know, I think the second thing, and this is, this is very um, subjective and maybe my, my personal, personal view is that I think a lot of what, what pulls people into the sports industry, uh, which was certainly the, the, the case for me, and then sort of what sustains them in terms of longevity of a career, um, etc., is really sort of a passion for the sport or sports in general. Um, you know, so the business can be, uh, you know, it, it's a peculiar business. Um, and, you know, in terms of career path, it can be sort of circuitous and, um, you know, you're not as clear as some other industries, but you know, if you're really passionate about a sport, whether it be golf, football, baseball, et etc., and it's fun to be associated with a league or a player or just the the visceral association with that sport or something that you're passionate about, you know, is is really what keeps a lot of people in sports. So I think that would be you know, say more so than. Than compensation or position or um, you know some, maybe some other factors that you would consider. So I think in in thinking about career, though, maybe those are a couple of considerations to to think about.
1: That's awesome! Really insightful conversation. So I think we'll end it there. Actually, so thanks a lot for uh, sure. for joining us. So,
0: Great! Yeah, yeah, nice talking to you, Mike.
1: All right, that's the episode. Thank you, Kim, for your time, and thanks, listeners, for listening. Remember to check out our website, sportstechnologypodcast.com, and follow us on Twitter at Sports Tech Pod. Thanks. Bye.